When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My Seven Chakras, Episode 62. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's going on, Action Takers? AJ here. And once again, you are back to your resource for insights, advice, and tips that will empower you. Let me ask you this. Do you meditate on a regular basis? Now, research has proven that practices such as meditation and yoga, even for a few minutes each day, can lead to numerous health benefits. Now, everyone wants to meditate and enjoy the health benefits that comes along with it. But many of us can't shake off the mental chatter. You know, we fall asleep or we can't focus. And in many cases, we realize that we just can't find the time to practice. Now, a few years back, I had the same challenge until I came across what is known as binaural beats. The word is binaural beats. It sounds a bit funny, but to put it simply, it's an audio that uses a next generation sound technology called Ohm Harmonics. And I've purchased many audios from them. So I can vouch that when you listen to this audio, it feels like audio honey chocolate, you know. And what you get is complete relaxation and bliss within minutes without any prior practice. So to help you meditate, our friends at Mindvalley have put together a special gift for you. All you need is a pair of headphones and a few minutes. And how do you get the download? You go to our website slash audio, A-U-D-I-O. That's my7sevenchakras.com slash audio. And you will be on your way to seventh heaven. So check it out and let me know how you felt. And today I am stoked to bring you our featured guest, Mora Sweeney. So Mora, are you ready to inspire? I am totally ready. Great. Mora Sweeney turned a lifetime quest for happiness into a midlife vocation that is now taking her around the world. Mora will talk about her journey to living happy from the inside out and share some inner secrets with you. So Maura, I've given our listeners a mini intro, but fill in any gaps that I might have missed and help us get to know you better. Oh gosh, thank you. You know what? I, I always laugh when I hear a question like that because I'm thinking, wow, at midlife I have done so much. Mm-hmm. I grew up a, from spitting distance away from New York City, always wanted to live in the sun. I was very much a free spirit growing up and yet I was very much conformed during my formative years in ways my family thought would be very beneficial. They expected me to be a lawyer working at New York, New Jersey. Jersey area. And I was halfway through law school and I thought, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I have no life within me. I can't. I had no energy left. I left. I spent a corporate, uh, about 
probably 10 years uh, in a corporate setting in management. I spent another 10 years as a homeschooling mom. I helped my husband build a business, and here I am today uh, doing what I've always wanted to do, and that is help other people find their own happy, joyful, and free way to live in this world. And I think it probably took me a half a century of my own life experience to get there to be able to help other people find their way too. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks a lot for that crisp intro. And before we begin today's show, I request you to light the torch, the torch of inspiration so that it may touch our listeners wherever they are at this very moment. So Maura, what is your favorite inspirational quote? And could you share one example of how you apply this quote to your life? Absolutely. This is the one that always comes back to mind. I read it years ago, and it's an old Jewish proverb. And this is what it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, there's two important uh, words in there. Number one is the word thinketh with the E-T-H at the end, and we think that sounds old-fashioned. But what Mm -hmm. the E-T-H means as a verb form is to do it repeatedly in an ongoing fashion over a long period of time. So as we thinketh and thinketh and thinketh, so are we. But the second word, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Many of us think that whatever is going on in our head head or our intellect is what makes us, but it is that heart experience of what's going on behind the scenes that determines our outward experience in life. And so if we can tune in to what our heart is thinking and meditating on and be mindful of it and make sure that it is thinking and trained consistently upon good things and higher things, then the outworking of our life What we become mirrors that ongoing thought process. So as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Mm -hmm. Well, that is a powerful quote. Listeners, as you noticed, think is to think, but thinketh is to think repeatedly. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Which sort of speaks to the power of our thoughts and what goes on within. What goes on within has this magical way of attracting things around us. If you think about positive thoughts, you'll have positive things come to you. But similarly, if you think negative thoughts, then that's what will get attracted towards you. So just be mindful of what's going on in your mind. And if it's that constant mental chatter, then just take some efforts to reduce it before you become better at it. It's not a one button push, you know, situation, it'll take some effort. But as long as you're taking steps towards being more mindful of what you're thinking, you are on your way to a transformation. So thanks a lot for sharing, Maura. You're welcome. So let's dive right in. What inspired you to write the Art of Happiness series? Probably a lifetime of life experience. (laughs) And you know what? Here's the crazy thing. All of us, we may think that there are a gazillion ways of experiencing life, which in many ways is true. However, 
the human condition goes through many of the same experiences. And in my series, I try to connect with things that are common to all of us. So I have within the series a book that deals with our comfort zones and how we can escape them. I have a second book that deals with influence. Who are the influences in our lives and how can we learn to be an influence? I talk about things like competition and judgment and value systems. And all of those items become little nuggets of thought for the reader to take in. And meanwhile, what I do, because I'm a storyteller, Aditya, I use myself as the guinea pig. So I bring people in on my stories as I ask them a reflective question. And do you know that when people read or hear stories, they are inserting their own life into those story pieces. So I use stories as a means of helping other people connect with their inner life and come up with new alternatives. It's sort of like visiting old mindsets and seeing them again through a brighter lens because in every single one of my books, I call them the art of happiness. We have to practice it as an art. Happiness does not necessarily come naturally to us in this world. We must choose it from within, make that our mindset, and live it out consistently because as we live consistently in our heart, that becomes our experience. Mm-hmm. Exiting our comfort zones, influences, judgment, and value systems. These seem like really powerful topics, but by themselves, they might come across as very esoteric or very complex, just like the book in the corner of that huge and old library. But two things that you said really resonated with me was nuggets of thought and stories. And it's so true, you know, one of the most powerful ways of communication for thousands of years, even before uh, writing was ever invented, was stories where the older generation used to communicate with the younger generation. And that's how the information was transmitted. And also nuggets of thought. When somebody comes across a 10,000 word essay, a person automatically detaches and sort of procrastinates that. But if it's bite form with uh, highlighted points, it makes it much more easy to look at and digest as well. So thanks a lot for sharing. There are so many definitions of happiness floating around the interwebs and around the world right now. What is your definition of true happiness? Thank you for asking. And I think this has been with me since the time I was a little girl. For me, happiness is being able to show up and exercise my authentic self. That means to be free to express my interests, my values, my talents, and everything I am from within without being fearful, let's say, of being judged or not being good enough. I would almost equate happiness with a feeling of peace, but also a feeling of freedom. I think they're all one in the same. When we're free to be who we are, we are absolutely happy. When we're happy, it's because we're living out our genuine life and an authentic existence here in the world. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned happiness is being able to show up and exercise our authentic selves, experiencing freedom 
and peace. Now, the question I have is, you mentioned exercising our authentic selves. What if happens if a person is maybe fresh out of school or maybe has lived many years not knowing what their authentic self is? How does one go about it? Because I can imagine a person experiencing stress as a result of not knowing what their authentic self is. So even though they show up, they don't know. Yes. You know, what an excellent point that is. And I noticed that when I was a little child, I would observe older people and the happiest people were the people that were living out of their authentic self. But here's the advice that I would give. It's so simple. Whoever is listening today, young, old, or in between, you close your eyes and you put the palm of your hand over your chest, I would say immediately below the collarbone. And the reason why I say that is that most of us throughout our lifetimes have been trained intellectually. We're trained by all external things and we think a certain way in our mind. But what we're trying to do is disconnect from that and to reconnect with our heart. And the moment you put your hand over your heart like that, immediately you connect with the soul. And as you close your eyes, give yourself a moment or two, it could be longer, and just go back in time and allow yourself to survey your past. Go back maybe into your childhood. It could be high school years. It doesn't matter. The important thing is this. Look for times that made you feel happy. What were you thinking? What were you doing? Who were you with? What were you imagining? And the moment that your mouth starts to smile, you know you have arrived on something. There is something in that little place that gives you your first thread to identify with your personal, authentic self. And generally, I would say those are the memories that go back way, way far into your childhood. It's a time before the world told you what you could or could not do. And that's how you start connecting with your authentic self. And once you do, you have to find different ways to reconnect, to engage with, to investigate, to interact with um, all of those little things that involve that thought or that vision or that song or whatever it was that made you smile as you had your hand over your heart and that you saw it in your mind's eye. Wow, that is a beautiful exercise. Listeners, when you put your palm over your heart and you connect with your soul, go back to that time in your childhood when you did things from your authentic self. Stuff that you didn't really think about in terms of making money or a career or a business, but things that you did that genuinely made you happy. And I'm not sure about you, but one of the things that I was really passionate about as a kid was to become a paleontologist, uh, an expert at dinosaurs. So I used to go back and keep digging wherever I found soil in hopes of finding a T-Rex or a brontosaurus or some other type of dinosaur and that truly made me happy. I used to go through books all the time and quite recently I went back uh, in time to understand what made me truly happy and I realized that I wanted to be a paleontologist. So thanks a lot for sharing that wonderful exercise. Uh, I know that you were recently named Ambassador of Happiness by UNESCO Center of Peace. I'm curious, what's your role like 
as the ambassador of happiness. You know, I wish you could see me right now, Aditya, because I'm just <laughs> smiling ear to ear. I was invited last summer um, by the executive director of the UNESCO Center for Peace to speak mm. at the first ever Nelson Mandela Day celebrations, which is a new UN holiday. I felt like I was preparing for that moment my entire life because as a little girl, I wanted to meet the world. I would stare up in the sky at airplanes and I would always think, where are they going? Who are they seeing? I want to meet my friends around the world. You told me about how you wanted to, deli- you wanted to become a paleontologist and dig. Mm. I remember wanting to dig down to China so I could meet my Chinese <laughs> friends. And being at that day for me and being named the ambassador of happiness. In fact, they, they used that name for me twice and now I'm having it officially trademarked. They were merely mm. giving to me the very title that I had spent a lifetime in pursuit of. I never knew it as a title, but I literally chose as a young child that I was going to grow up to be an older, happy adult. And here it is. That's what my name is. And how does it feel? It feels absolutely wonderful. But more than that, it feels very natural. It's like, yep, that's me. (laughs) Wow. Your story really reminds me of something that Les Brown shared a while back. In fact, a couple of years back, what he said was, he he spoke about the Chinese bamboo tree. Now, the Chinese bamboo tree takes five years to grow and it shoots really, really high, about 90 feet up in the air. But the paradox, the challenge here is that the Chinese bamboo tree requires a lot of water and a lot of nurturing for five years. And once that five years is complete, that's when within six weeks, it hits 90 feet tall. So the question is, does that tree grow in six weeks or five years? And from your story, it seems like you were preparing for that moment where they proclaimed you ambassador of happiness all throughout your life. And that effort was there either consciously or subconsciously all throughout your life. But the actual event might have taken just a couple of minutes for them to say ambassador of happiness, but you were preparing it all your life. Is that correct? Absolutely. I never heard the story that you just shared about the bamboo. I knew a little of it. But do you know, I would say that was the truth of my life. I would do everything I was told to do in life. But underneath it, I was always following the path of happiness. And you know how I would do it? It was almost like, how did my gut feel? Did my gut feel happy? Did my gut feel alive? Or did it feel like it was constricting? And so even though I looked one way throughout my corporate career, through my studies, through my whatever I've done, I always had this secondary, I want to say it was like um, an energy source running through me very quietly, but always present. And this was what I would be. I was answering to, does this make me happy? And there were many things in my life I would say no to, or I would exit from because I knew in my, I would say my gut, that's where I get it. Mm -hmm. It was or wasn't making me feel happy. So wow, what an analogy. Yes, I was preparing for it my entire life. And it looked like I was operating on two energy levels, one, the world, and one that Mm -hmm. was a private one or an internal one. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the most popular topics these days is pushing beyond your boundaries and going beyond your comfort zones. Why is it so important to go beyond your comfort zone? If we don't, 
we will never find out who we really are and we will never see or connect with our brilliance. Do you know, Aditya, my whole life I could look at people and I can see brilliance in them. I can see that they are like stars or like gems and yet they can't always see the gems that they are. Most people will stay in small zones because they're taught to stay in those zones. They do what's expected of them and when they get older, they're afraid of stepping out because of either a sense of exposure, embarrassment, a disconnection from their peer group or whatever. But until we're willing to reconnect with those things within us that we really love, that we're passionate about or that we have a vision for, we will never connect with our true self. And by failing to do that, not only do we not see the light and the brightness within us and our own glory, but we deny the rest of the world, the lightness, the brightness, and the gift we are to the world. Do you know every time we're willing to step out of our zone and to fulfill whatever is within us, we silently give permission and an open door to everyone else around us to do the same thing and to exit their comfort zone and to step into their greatness. Mm-hmm. Such a profound thought. It reminds me of something Les Brown says, you do not have to be great to get started, but you have to get started in order to be great and in order to get started you're not going to feel comfortable irrespective of what you're doing it's human nature that when you're doing something for the first time it is uncomfortable because we at the end of the day are still we still have that cave like caveman like mindset and uh, that part of our brain wants to keep us safe from the attack of the saber-toothed tiger. So even though we are doing something that is consciously good for our future, our brain thinks that a saber-toothed tiger is going to pounce on us from the grass, but it's not going to, but it just feels like that. And like you mentioned, pushing beyond our comfort zones enables us to tap into the power of the universe. And that's when the magic happens. Absolutely. I totally agree. And you're right. And you know, we are so, we're, we are captive to our own individual and collective fears. And somebody has to say one day, well, guess what? Nobody's going to step out for me. I'm going to step out for myself. Now, you do a lot of keynotes, you do a lot of workshops, you do speeches, and you've been associated with UNESCO as well. According to your experience, what are some of the qualities and attributes of the leader of tomorrow? Oh boy, what a great question. Do you know leadership and influence are the things I most love to speak about? I had a decade in corporate leadership and prior to that I was a manager in an executive search firm. So the qualities, I love to refer to it not just as leadership, but as sustainable leadership. A true mm-hmm. leader leads by example. A true leader is not looking to create a set of minions or soldiers or yes people, but a true leader will find, discover, mine, M-I-N-E, promote and give room for the talents and the skills and the abilities of others. A true leader recognizes that by surrounding himself or herself with other people of great talents and making room for those talents, that every single person benefits. A leader also is someone who respects everyone, 
someone who sees that there is great gain when others work together for a common goal. And all these things, I hope you could hear it through my voice. I don't just speak about these things. I have lived them over and Mm. over and over again. And I've been excited that I've been offered to speak in places where there are leaders who are looking for new forms of leadership because typical leaders are taught to really crush other people and to take advantage of others. And that has never been my way, but it's also not never a way that will sustain itself over the long haul. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned a leader is somebody who leads by example, not orders, but somebody who leads by example and then automatically looking at the results, looking at the change, people begin to follow you. He or she is somebody who finds, discovers, minds, promotes and gives room for the talent of others. He's surrounding themselves with highly talented people, but at the same time, not letting their ego get in the way. Now, from what I understand and from my research, a leader is somebody who turns a dream into reality for the benefit of others. Now, this is not easy, right? How does one go about turning a dream that they see in their minds into reality? Do you have any tips on manifesting our vision? You know, I'm so funny. I'm smiling as you're telling me this dreams to reality. Do you know in my high school senior year, I was chosen to deliver the uh, commencement speech or the graduation speech. And you know what I entitled it? From dreams to reality. I have Uh, always my entire life been this dreamer. It's like, wait a minute. Life is just beginning. It's not over. It's not ending. Life is just beginning. And you take your dreams and you find some way to turn them into reality. And I know that in my life, I have done it in, in several ways. I think that I've always been a visionary and I don't let go of my vision. And my one thing I will say this, my visions are always visions of good. I don't imagine destruction. I don't imagine taking advantage of others. I always imagine something good, something bright, and something inclusive. And one person who was on my team once said to me, Maura, when I used to work for you, you were unrelenting. And I thought, oh my gosh, what do you mean by that? And she said, Maura, it's not a negative. She said, there was something within you. She said, we all followed behind you and with you because you could see what it was you were talking about. (laughs) Mm. And I think we truly have to imagine it, believe it, and uphold it, and never lose sight of it, even if various attempts at that dream don't materialize, we think, okay, so that was one other way it doesn't work, but there's another door, another avenue I've yet to investigate that will bring me there. And what people don't realize, Aditya, is that it is the process we go through that helps bring the dreams to reality. It is because it constantly requires us to think and think and think and do and do and do and apply and apply and apply. And all that energy goes from thought and literally crystallizes or materializes ultimately and most people give up too soon or lose sight of what that dream is. Mm -hmm. So I love that you mentioned it's about not letting go of your vision, being unrelenting, never giving up and it's all about doing, doing, doing and that's when many people give up. So how can someone go about changing their outward experience by changing their thoughts because I think That's where the real work lies, right? Totally. And you know, what a great question, because one of the things that I always remind people of is, what is the backdrop? 
drop of your mind. Do you know, frequently people are aware of what goes on in their typical mind, but there's something I refer to as the backdrop of our mind. I want you to think of a big stage and you're the person on a stage and behind you is a big backdrop. It's like a big curtain and that curtain behind you is like your subconscious mind that you carry along with you all the time. It may be so common to you that you're unaware of it. And it may be a single thought like, my father told me I wasn't good enough. My teacher said I'll never make it. It could be something like, I'm not pretty or I'm not talented. It could be anything. Many of us carry a single backdrop like that in our lives. And until we're willing to take a little bit of time and to listen and to become mindful of what that ongoing backdrop is, we can't really change our external reality because that backdrop might be subconscious, but that's the place where we're always thinking, 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 thinking. And it may be so close to us, we can't see it until we become mindful enough to listen closely or to let even our subconscious an opportunity to share it. And when we change that backdrop, that consistent thought we've been thinking, even if it's a quiet one, that's when we can adjust the future of what's going to manifest in our lives. Mm -hmm. So there you go, listeners. You're on the stage and there's a huge backdrop, the black backdrop at the back. That's where your mental motion picture is playing all the time. The constant mental chatter, the negative belief systems that you may have picked up as a child because of your beliefs or because of those around you. And the solution is to be more mindful of your subconscious beliefs. And when the right opportunity comes, change it. Now, achieving true personal happiness and fulfillment in life does not happen at the push of a button. It might take some time. But Maura, if you could share one health tip with our listeners that could help us move in that direction, what would it be? Well, happiness, you're right. It's a choice and it's an ongoing choice. You have to constantly choose internally. My one health tip would be not to carry an offense. Do you know people pick up offenses all the time? Sometimes they're little offenses and other times they're big offenses, meaning it's a person or an event you're unwilling to forgive. If you want to have a quick health tip, choose to let it go. And I'll tell you why. People suffer today from incredible levels of depression, Mm -hmm. heaviness, weightiness, fogginess of mindsets, all because they're carrying an ongoing offense. And here's another thing too, Aditya. Some people will carry offenses against others, and there are some people that carry an offense or an unforgiveness against themselves. Either way, quickest health tip, let it go. Let it go because those things literally hold you down like a heavy-duty weight. It's like trying to carry yourself every day with a one-ton truck behind you. Cut it off, let it go, and you'll immediately feel like higher. And you might have to keep dropping the offense multiple times, but it will so change the trajectory of your life. And all the energy that you can exude beyond that is so increased as soon as you let go of your offense. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks a lot for that powerful tip. There are no great people in this world, only great challenges which ordinary people rise to meet, which is a powerful quote by William 
Halsey Jr. Now this powerful thought signifies that we have entered the challenge round. This round is dedicated to those who welcome challenges as gifts, gifts that help us learn, grow and evolve. So Mona, tell us about a time when you faced a major challenge. What was your initial reaction to that challenge? And then how did you overcome it? I probably hinted to this major challenge earlier on during the interview. When I was growing up, my family decided, like some families do, that I was going to have a future career in one arena. And in mine, it was supposed to be practicing law up in New Jersey. I never mm-hmm. wanted to live there in New Jersey because I'm a warm weather person at heart. And secondly, the idea for me, although I might have been academically inclined, was that I had to be for everyone. And I could not imagine myself trying to defend one person to the exclusion of another. I was halfway through law school trying to be the good child the obedient one, Mm -hmm. the performer for the family. And I felt like I was the walking dead. Now, I don't mean to make it sound so dramatic, but I'll tell you, I remember a day sitting in my green chair. It was a tufted chair and I couldn't get out of it. I was midway through law school and I felt so heavy, like I was carrying a cadaver of myself every day because I was at the midpoint of law school thinking, oh my gosh, I'm getting closer and closer to finishing this degree. I'm going to have to spend 40 years in a career and a profession that gives me no sense of life. And it took everything out of me, Aditya, to choose to leave. Because in my mind, it was, it was, hmm, failing to achieve all that I was told I was supposed to achieve. But at the same time, what it was for me, it was saying no to someone else's estimation or idea or ideal of who I was supposed to be. I literally had to come out to say, I need to find my own sorts of energy, my own source of happiness, and my own identity so that whatever it is I do in my adult years, it will be from the inside of me where the energy flows where I know I'm supposed to go. It was a huge, it was a huge decision for me. (laughs) Huge. So looking back now, what is that one major life lesson that you would want our listeners to take away from your story? Don't be afraid to go within and to answer to what you feel from within. You know, um, many of us will live a life that is, hmm, it's sort of like we wear masks. We put on Mm. various masks because it seems appropriate for where we grow up or the environment that we're in. But when that outer mask or that external conditioning is not resonating with us, then what we're trying to do is dissociate ourselves from the real life that exists within us. We know it because the life force starts to dissipate. And what we want to do instead is find where our life source is and live out of it. In my case, I always wanted to work and I wanted to do something in my adult years that felt purposeful. And we Mm. need to all find that place. And there's small ways to do it and there's big ways to do it. So my advice would be follow the voice and follow maybe your internal smile or sense of energy that gives you light and you literally know, I feel excited about this. Oh, I might not even know what I'm doing, but I'm excited about pursuing it. Well, that is truly an inspiring story. It just proves that your pain is here to serve you and that you should move past your comfort zones, embrace your pains and not be afraid to rewrite 
your story and they often say that the bright and most powerful sunshine always follows the darkest part of the night and just when we are about to give up but still manage to push ahead the universe comes to our rescue this round is all about listening to stories of people pushing beyond their comfort zones and finally finding their life's true calling so just imagine yourself sitting in front of a large bonfire and sharing this story with your fellow tribe members on that very note mini amonier once stated there is always music amongst the trees in the garden but our hearts must be very quiet to hear it so mora have you found your life's calling if yes what exactly is your life's calling Oh, I love that question. <laughs> My life's calling is to help others find their life's calling. But let me be more specific about it. I help others reconnect with themselves, with their with their GPS system, their internal GPS system, their own authentic self. And I think in our society, it's it we have so much clamor, it's hard to do it, but uh, that's what I do. I am a helper and a guide to help people reconnect with their with their internal and i would even say their their uh, eternal self mm-hmm. and looking back now was there a light bulb moment or an aha moment in your life when you said wow this is what i was always meant to do you know i would even though i said when i was a little girl my goal when i got older was to be happy and i i probably took 50 years to prepare for what i'm doing right now um early this year or let me say early last year i took a trip to southeastern europe where i spoke at several universities and also a business conference and when i went in and this again is overseas there were young people at the universities that came up to me and they said mora even if i didn't understand a word you said when you stepped into the room i knew you understood me i knew you knew exactly where i was and you have given me so much hope all i do is help others reconnect with the light that's already within them and it's not only been students but i had an executive trainer from ibm overseas who came to me and she said oh mora thank you for everything you shared you helped me reconnect with what i know is right on the inside so yes i would say i'm right in the middle of my life's calling i love meeting people connecting with people encouraging and i would say most of all inspiring other people to reconnect with the light that's already within them i love what i do it did yeah <laughs> i love it wonderful wonderful i saw a lot of your videos and you come across as such a great uh, public speaker so confident and and it's no wonder that the audience connects with you as well so were you always good at public speaking you know it's funny i think even going through school people did invite me to speak publicly yeah i guess i might have been yeah and the difference though between then and now is i used to speak on behalf of corporations organizations but these days and this is the best part i get to speak on behalf of my own thoughts and imaginations and views so it's the same skill set it's just that i'm doing it completely out of my own experience and heart and maybe that's what conveys um when you've seen me wherever you were looking <laughs> you know at the videos <laughs> so we have finally arrived at the wisdom round which is the last round for today's episode a rapid fire round to end the show so that our action takers can take notes and take action are you ready mhm 
So what is the best advice you have ever received? Two words. I was given those words in 1985 when I was appointed the new sales manager in the telecom company that I worked for. And I didn't want the job. And my manager was whatever. He was just too big. Anyway, long story. This is what he said to me. Be yourself. It was the two most freeing words I could have ever received at a moment in times when I felt so ill-equipped for the position I was being brought into. Be yourself. What is it one personal habit that contributes to your well-being? Gratitude. Every day, whether I'm happy or not, I will practice gratitude, things I'm happy for, things I appreciate, things in my past that I could be so grateful for today, good and bad, because all of them have a good outcome in my life. So, Maura, what is your morning ritual like? I love getting up early in the morning. I happen to have a third floor bedroom. My husband and I live in a three-story townhome and we overlook um, trees and an estuary filled with birds of all sorts. So I'll get up early and by myself, I usually have a cup of coffee and I sit very quietly overlooking all the trees and the birds and I usually have a pen and a journal handy so I can read, I can listen. I can record thoughts and I do it all before I start running around. And I've done this for the longest time, even if I had to get up and leave my house at 730 in the morning. That's my ritual. It's my time by myself with my thoughts. I can hear, I can receive inspired ideas, and it gives me the energy and the purpose to go on my day rather than having my day run me. And then beyond that, um, fortunately at this point, of my life, I can go out and usually go to an early morning workout class. So I have a very healthy start to my day. And then I find everything that goes beyond that is usually very inspired and very uh, productive. I know that you love reading books. What is it one book that has made a significant impact on your life? My favorite is one that people might run away from because it's so long, but it's The Course in Miracles. Some people may think, who are they talking to in this course? It seems so cryptic. But when I opened the book a couple of years ago, I thought, oh my gosh, I could have written this book, but I wouldn't have had all the intelligence or the mindfulness to do it. That book reminds me we're all one. We're all unified. There is no other. There is no place for fear. And it brings us all back to our eternal self. And I just love that book. It's like coming back home. (laughs) Awesome. So action takers to access the insights, the advice, the links that we discuss about, go to our website slash Mora. That's my S-E-V-E-N chakras.com slash M-A-U-R-A. And there you'll find all the information and insights that we discussed today, including the links that will take you to other resources. So Maura, thank you so much for taking your time to inspire us today. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're super grateful for and also tell us the best way we can find you online. Oh my gosh. You know, to tell me, what am I super grateful for? I'm going to say my husband and my daughter. I'm just happy. I'm happy. I'm happy for that. Um, is that good enough? I, mean, I could give you a gazillion things, but I'm happy for my husband and my daughter. And then 
I would say you could find me very easily. I'm located in many places, but go to my website. It's my name, Maura, M as in Mary, A-U-R-A, followed by the number four and the letter U, Maura4U.com, because I'm always for you. And you could connect with my podcast, my blogs, my Huffington Post blog, 250 videos, a free book, which I have, I think I have a special link there for all the listeners to my seven chakras. If they go to Maura4U.com, there's actually a link. It says chakras, and there's a downloadable book, my favorite happiness quotes. Uh, And they could also connect with me for an upcoming e-course that I'm just now completing, and it's a course in Foundations of Happiness and how to improve and increase your emotional intelligence. And it's pretty much the things we've been talking about today. Well, thanks a lot for being so kind. I'm sure that our listeners will love this wonderful gift. We discuss so many quotes during our show, but now you're providing them access to numerous quotes on happiness and you know, that's perfect. Well, it's my pleasure. And thank you so much for having me too, Aditya. This was a great honor for me. Thanks a lot for coming on our show, talking to us about living happy inside out and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. I'd call it that too. <laughs> you are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to my chakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.